Oh, it's called um, Trans with a Z at the end instead of an S. Mm, cool. Um, all right. This first poem is titled Jeremy's Party at Colonial Bowling Lanes, Iowa City, 2017. Vanessa Carlton's White Houses comes on in the drafty bowling alley, which is mostly empty, save for a couple old folk and a birthday crowd. So I don't feel awkward when I start tearing up. I think maybe that's what sadness is. An old power ballad crawling back into your head as you slip three fingers into three dark holes. The power of White Houses lies in how simply it describes being taken for the first time. The sex warrants punctuation, sure, but just barely. The cracked leather seat is more significant. Location never blurs or forgets, and men are always fleeting, departing and re-entering at the same time. The proof is in the bloodletting. With eyes aflame, I stand in the middle of my lane with the bumpers up. In the song, Vanessa names a man her first mistake, but when does the counting start? On my right hand, the three fingers I've buried in the ball try to balance the weight of this question. Such silly little wounds. Someone behind me says it's all in the flick of the wrist. The pins glare at the ball stalking toward their pear shapes. Seconds later, an impact explodes them in every direction. Vanessa sings, I can't resist the day, but I resist and still it breaks me. This next one is called A Funeral. When I consider the facts of my life, I inadvertently stumble upon destruction. Here are ashes in a box on the piano. Here is a teaspoon of ash in a union mug for the morning commute. From the window, birds circle a feeder, are fed, then flee. The Williams family once owned a swimming pool, but it's gone now, filled with dirt, and I've only known it as yard. Try as I might, I have no better metaphor for transgender. Oh, hole in the ground, what many faces you have. The sheer amount of cat bodies beneath you conjures scratching sounds in my childhood door. What do we call this kind of care? Dad burying Pasha in a Baskin Robbins takeout bag when I'm 11 so I wouldn't see the body. When I reflect upon the dead, tears produce my migraines. I tell close friends that even as I say myself a woman, there's a voice in me that won't belong at any funeral. So maybe the solution to grief is more cats or the internet. For instance, today I was consumed by a stranger's tweet about the loss of a parent. It startled me to know this pain about a stranger, suddenly the only thing I knew. As a precursor to mourning, I keep tabs on my family's accumulated household pain. For every cat buried in the swimming yard, there is a mark in dad's arm from cancers frozen off. Is there a word for that? One thing buried to make room for something's growth, the shape of dad's wounds, tiny craters in a yard or a pool, a mausoleum of pets. This one is called, at 26, I'm getting better at distilling my rage. A fear of being judged is the 207th bone in the body. No surgery can shave it down or cut it out. My father calls me son, but with a different tone than before, as when I accomplish a goal, I'm proud of you, son. Like he might sense I'm about to leave and wants to lure me back without the theater of forgiveness. 
Would it kill someone to know I'm not any less of a wound now? More accurately, a slight bruise, not purple or foreboding, but there, creeping under the sleeve like a birthmark only a lover would notice. After years of cold turkey, I've turned the blinkers on, and it's amazing what I can see, but also what I couldn't on the mend, like my own hands and what hurts they made. How April fools I was, pretending I could stand without a wall or eat without a hunger. Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska was the last noise I conked out to five summers ago, and now the album plays like the kind of memory you keep when you don't want all the parts, but a handful justify the rest so you make do. A secret is that everyone wants to suffer to survive, to say they've been to hell and back and learned the lessons, but there are none in a place called hell. On the verge of dying, I felt the body fail. There was nothing I could do. I didn't push beyond that failure, and so it stuck to me, and I drag it now to the CVS, to a place called home, and to the bus, to my parents' house, to a lover's bed, and out of it, towards the bathroom, and also to the kitchen for water. I made peace with my face. I look good in a desperate light, humbled, like a moth is humbled by its god, the one we made to better see the road at night. This one is called Searching. How impossible it is to language a feeling so removed from feeling. Doctor suggests gardening. I am writing this now with the shades drawn. The weather dictates the parameters of production. Some days the sun leaves and I follow it past the point of vision until the rain comes and I return home with little more than the legs that brought me. I am trying hard to be more, and the task is allegedly simple, insurmountable. I speak this to the wall, and the wall speaks back. Pick up your clothes, eat your fruit salad, turn off the TV, use soap. Menial tasks which have broken weaker versions of me. Watch close. At 26, I stand beneath the sun in the garden, surrounded by holes. I drive the spade into a spot of dark, then scoop out another soft wound. This one's called Lesson. Trans taught me there is no cruelty which is impossible, but what I want for whoever says I won't have it, a life. My sister is alive. My brothers are alive. My parents alive. For them, I count the yokes of each broken year in a bowl. I am still struggling to remain someone any someone can see. Spirit untethered. With history, I have a birth, chasm, belief in a romance of hurt. Sometimes when I am named inhuman, I like to imagine the outline of a child inside me. Not the want, but the wanting of the want, the ugly choice of it. My small, desperate face repeating, hello, hello. Uh, and this is the last one. It's called An Argument for Living. Today, a tiny wonder. I held the weight of me off, sliding cutlery back into their slots. Some days it is hard for me to look, to truly see my reasons, but the morning stroll around the park pond revealed a shallowness, both of water and intent. 
the geese were gone and their absence through the morning. My God, I've loved so many people, more than the gun I dropped in the field or the burst I braced for in the mouth of grasses, scattering earth from earth. At home, I scraped crusts of bread from a plate into the garbage. I thought of you, and you, and you, and you, and turned on every light. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. Does anyone have any comments or questions for Spencer? I I thought it was I, I thought that was really wonderful. There was one phrase that popped out of me that kept on sort of orbiting orbiting around me was uh, you wrote I <clears throat> I look good in a desperate light. I that's like that's that just blew me away. But the, what I really like about these poems, I get so sick of, uh, and that's why I none of the poems today manifested it. But I get so tired of most poems are just prose broken up in stanzas, you know. And so I, I get so frustrated, you know. I get so frustrated with that. But the poems here weren't wasn't fake prose, and it was beautiful. And the honesty, your honesty, came through. It was so powerful. I mean, powerful for me because I related to so much of what you were saying. So <clears throat> it was beautiful. I'd like to get the, when's the book coming out? Uh, it comes out next fall. So oh. 2020. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'll probably be dead by then. Okay. That's <laughs> and all of those poems are from the upcoming book? Um, a couple of them are. Um, mm, okay. A couple of the other ones are kind of new. Um, 